Welcome to today's message from Reach Community Church. We hope this message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word. And now, for today's message. Well, good morning. We are in week six of a eight-week series going through each of the Beatitudes. If you've missed those, um, they are online, uh, even with our technical difficulties last week, um, which were my error because I let the uh, pack die. Um, I snagged it without ever checking anything on it, so totally my fault there. Uh, but we're in a series looking through the Beatitudes, and you may or may not know this, but the Beatitudes are the front end of one of the longest sermons that Jesus ever did, uh, that at least ever did, that was recorded out of Matthew, starting in Matthew 5. And uh, these are basically the ideas for God's blessing us. So, God didn't just give us like, hey, do the best you can and try to figure this out. Um, Jesus and the whole Bible is very interested in you knowing what you should, shouldn't be doing, how you should be relating to God. And these first eight Beatitudes were a great way for you to understand what it means to get into um, a blessed life. And, and just to define that in case this is your first Sunday, uh, a blessed life does not mean that you get all the money that you desire and all the things that you want. A blessed life's life means connection and being available to be in the presence of God, which is what our heart longs for and what we need And uh, the first four deal mostly with our interaction with God, because if we don't get our interaction with God correct, we won't be able to do any good interactions with people outside of that. Our efforts will fall flat. And so I'm going to read through these, including the one that we're going to be on today, just as a reminder. So starting in chapter five, verse three of Matthew, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Humility. This idea that when we are poor in spirit, we literally, not to talk bad of you, but I'm going to talk bad about all of us, we have nothing to offer God. There's no good works that we're like, he's like, this one's the one. By grace alone. Um, Verse 4, it says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who are broken with their own issues, understanding how great their need is. For Jesus, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The idea there is surrender. Blessed are those who are surrendered to what God is trying to do in them. Um, verse 6, it says, blessed are those who, are hunger, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Dependence. Righteousness literally means in right standing with God. And the only way that we can do that is be dependent on him. And then last week, uh, verse 7, it says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And we talked about last week about the mercy test. Like, how merciful are we to others? Specifically, the ones that don't deserve it, that we interact with. And it will be the challenge that we live in from now on. And here is today's, verse 8. It says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And today's big idea is authenticity. 
And what a promise that we get to see God. Well, before we get into the Word, I'm going to ask a question, and you can raise your hand on this one. I know I a lot of times say don't raise your hand because I don't want you to get caught saying or disagreeing with somebody beside you. But who currently, and be honest, because Jesus is in this room, who currently watches wrestling like WWE? It's like no, no one, no one, no one in this room watches wrestling. Okay, who grew up watching wrestling? There, there we go. There we go. Okay. Okay. For those that, you know, are lying to themselves because they got pay-per-view wrestling coming into their house. Like, that's all right. Uh, who grew up going to see the Rock and Roll Express? This guy. Anybody remember the Rock and Roll Express? Anybody? Saw him in a local high school um, in some country town, and it was great. Um, who, whose county that he's from, this guy, um, has two well-known wrestlers. One of them, uh, his brothers, one of them is still out there because I've, I've seen um, like um, uh, interview with them, the Hardy Boys. Anybody know the Hardy Boys? No? No? Okay. A little bit. They're from Cameron, North Carolina, which is right beside where I grew up. Um, Andre the Giant is another one that's not too far from us. I think he uh, is from like Larnberg or lived there. He lived close to Moore County. Ellerby, Ellerby. I was thinking, I wrote it on here, but close there. And the Hardy boys, no relation to Anna Hardy. I, I confirmed that just so I wouldn't be talking about her family poorly. Um, but do you know what? Uh, Vince McMahon, who's the owner of the WWE, uh, he bought it from his dad in 1982 for $1 million, which $1 million was a lot in 1982, but... He bought it for $1 million, and today it is worth $138 million. WWE holds 450 live events per year, and I don't know how COVID has affected that, but 450 live events per year, and is available in, in scene in 900 million homes in 28 languages and how is this possible this is wrestling which we all know is what fake who said real come on now come on now Uh, i mean but you know what it's crazy is we spend and i say we collectively u.s citizens spend lots of money on wrestling i think that they know Now, some of them will argue with you, but for the most part, the ones that are going and watching, they know that it's rigged, that it's fake, that it's it's basically, uh, let's be honest, for dudes, it's like soap operas. It it is, because there's a whole story, and this is, you offend, I mean, but they play it up, and we spend money doing that, even though we know that it's fake. And you're like, what in the world? Or why in the world am I talking about wrestling? Well, I'll get there. One of the many reasons why non-Christians stay away from the church is because they feel the same way about it that we do about wrestling. That it's fake. It's not real. The people would invest their time. Their inner, they would get up in the morning. They would shower and wear clean clothes on a Sunday morning when they could be sleeping in to go into a place 
and worship in their mind something that isn't real. So why do they believe that Christianity is fake? Most of it is because they have known someone that claimed to be a Christian, spoke about the love of Jesus, spoke about the mercy of Jesus and the grace of Jesus, and are literally horrible people. And you know people, like even the ones in this room that have decided to continue in spite of those, we all know those people. You know, you if, if, even outside of, and nowadays there's been so many celebrity Christian pastors that have fallen in the last year. There's so many that have been called embezzling and all these other things. And, 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 and we wonder why there is this perception And the truth is, everybody hates hypocrisy. We do. It's the one thing that the church agrees with the world. We we don't like it either. But for whatever reason, we miss the idea of what it means to live an authentic life. And we talked about this last week a little bit with mercy, is a lot of us don't feel that we can get mercy. If we were to be really transparent and honest about what's going on inside of our heart, we feel like the church would reject us and not love us and all these other things. And so I want to start with Jesus agreeing. And just so you know, Jesus doesn't like hypocrisy either. And a good example of this is in Matthew 23, chapter 23, verses 2 through 4. He's getting ready to, he's, he's talking to people that are listening to him for wisdom. And he's getting ready to take on, I'm going to say the church, but it's not really the church, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And he's going to say some really nasty things about them that are really truthful when we look at the American church today. Not as a whole, but as enough a whole that that's the perception that we give out. So verse 2 says, The scribes and the Pharisees sit at Moses' seat. So So do and observe whatever they tell you. But do not do the works that they do. And what he's saying here is they sit at the seat of Moses reading the scriptures. And he's saying, do what you're hearing them say because they're reading the scriptures. But don't do what they do. Which, honestly, if we're going to be really transparent, that's a lot of what Christianity looks like today. Is that we know a lot of stuff. And we speak a lot of truth, but we don't live the same truth that we speak about. And that's what I'm talking about with pure heart and authenticity is it has of no value to the word. What you say out of your mouth has no value to the word world if your actions do not follow it. Because what that says to the world is it's not true. Because if it was true, you would do it. I heard... Uh, someone say one time, it says, we only do the parts of the Bible that we believe. We only believe the parts of the Bible we do. Sorry, I got that backwards. Is we'll say it and we'll believe it verbally, but then our lives don't reflect it. And that's not true. It's just a lie that just like these Pharisees that Jesus is talking so poorly about. And he, he continues on in verse four. It says they tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. So they basically tell them how horrible they are and how 
how much their life is coming to ruin, but they do nothing to help them. He goes as far to say later on in, in verse 33 of this thing, same thing. He's still talking about the Sadducees and the Pharisees. It says, you serpents, you brood of vipers, how are you to escape being sentenced to hell? This is Jesus talking to the religious institution of the day. Jesus is not okay with hypocrisy and he still isn't okay with hypocrisy. So much so that the the religious elite of the day, he's saying, how are you going to escape hell? They were the guides to life. They were the guides to God the Father. They were the ones leading the way. And they missed it. I'm just going to tell you. No one in this room, including me, and no church person you ever will meet is perfect. We are all flawed. You will continue to be flawed until you are relieved of this body and you are in the presence of God. And sin is no longer attached to you because of the world that we live in and the history that we have. So the the sad part is, is we've convinced people to pretend to be good Christians. Instead of literally calling people to be good Christians. And your good Christianity doesn't save you. It doesn't get you your salvation. But it is a reflection of who you are in Christ. Because you're trusting Jesus for what he's done for you. So how do we overcome this? If if we all agree that hypocrisy is bad. How do we fix the issue in our church? And to be completely honest, it's we got to fix the issue in us. The reason why we're talking about this today in church is we, we, not you, we are the issue. All the time, I heard, I think Chuck Swindoll, I was listening to him one time years and years ago. He said that he went and put a Christian fish on the back of his car. He's like, because I'm not a great driver all the time. He said, I'm a good driver. I obey the law and blah, blah, blah. He said, but sometimes you miss and you don't see the car in your blind spot and you cut somebody off. And, and the last thing I want someone to do is go, that's what's wrong with Christians today. They are horrible people. So if you've got a reach sticker on your car and you're a bad driver, take it off. <laughs> Please. Or call me and I'll come do it for you. I'll even bring the alcohol to get the residue off. Because they're like, yep, that's... The... Well, I'm kind of glad it. if you're not familiar with our church and you've got one of our new ones... Um, that has reach and then the signs underneath, they might not know what it is. Um, but please stop. <clears throat> so how do we overcome this? If we know it's an issue, which it is, and you know, it's an issue, you know, where you're pretending, you know, where you're presenting an image that isn't correct. You know, um, e- even in, you know, I love, um, uh, one day a week I work outside of the church and I love being in a world that doesn't know I'm a pastor. Because no one's pretending to be anything in front of me there because they don't think. But like, And I don't tell people that I'm a pastor because as soon as I tell people I'm a pastor, they apologize for cussing. Like I've got some great book that the Lord has given me. What's your name again? 
that's going on your permanent record. And I would rather people just be real. I did youth ministry for nine years, and the worst thing that, that, that I experienced was kids trying to present to me something that they weren't. And we're going to talk about why that is so devastating to your moving forward. You cannot fix something that you won't acknowledge that is there. So how do we overcome this? Uh, Matthew 7, chapters, I mean, chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. This is a familiar verse that I've preached on here before and you've heard before if you've ever uh, read through the Gospels. And you hear people all the time misuse it, misquote it, and um, talk about Christianity because of the first line in verse 1. Judge not... That you not be judged. So there's this kind of misnomer that um, Christians shouldn't judge. And we, we really shouldn't at all, like from the, from the way this is written. But we're going to talk about, because Jesus is going to say we've got to deal with our issue. And there's no way to deal with our issue unless we point out issues. So there's, there's a, a, a right way to do this, which we're going to talk about. So judge not that you not be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. You should be scared. I mean, honestly, if Jesus treated you the way you treated other people, Jesus judged you the way you judged other people, if Jesus forgave you the way you forgave other people, how would that look? I mean, come on now. I mean, if you grew up in a traditional church reading the Lord's Prayer, forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. We, we pronounce this on ourselves. And with the measure you use it, it will be used to you. Verse 3. It says, why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how do you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So the acknowledgement, we need each other. And I talk about this almost every Sunday. We need each other to look each other in the face and go, this is an issue. But the problem is, is we don't want to deal with our own issues. So we walk around with this log. I mean, think about this visually. A log, not a stick, not a twig, not a splinter, a log out of the side of your face. Honestly, I mean, just think about this. This is what Christianity does. Un unsurrendered Christianity does is that we walk around and we notice these little things because, okay, husbands and wives don't touch each other during this. Don't touch each other. But it's a whole lot easier to see their flaws than our own. Right. Right. Don't some of I see some people like, don't even look at me right now. Don't even look. But it is. And 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 we because we don't want to deal with this issue in our life. We we try to get close to. And if you think you've got a log sticking out of your eye, how are you going to get close enough to take the speck out without battering them? And the problem is, is when they see this small thing that you have an issue with and they see this large thing sticking out of your head, they're like, what gives you the right to even Try to come and resolve my issues when you clearly won't resolve your own. So how do we overcome this? So the first thing that we can do is we can receive God's grace and offer grace to others, which is the opposite of what's happening, is we see and judge and we pronounce judgment on other people. We can offer grace. 
When you look back at your life, when I look back at my life, some of the most heartwarming times that I've had is when I've received grace from someone that I didn't deserve it. When I've gotten mercy from other people. Wouldn't it be wonderful if reach was known for the grace that we show? Grace is not a license. And the one thing that I want to make sure is we're talking about this thing. Jesus isn't doing an okay stamp on sin. He never has. But how we interact with people will determine how they get transformed, how they change. Grace is what changes us. See, religion keeps us bound in hypocrisy because we're afraid of what other people will think. But grace sets our hearts free and leads us to change. So another thing that we can do uh, out of this text is that we can focus on my own growth rather than the shortcomings of others. Church, people, it's time that we deal with our own stuff. And you know why we don't deal with our own stuff? Because it's difficult and it's messy and it's painful. It's not easy. And the reason why we deal with other people's stuff is because we get distracted with that. I'm just going to hop back on it for just a second. If you didn't delete Facebook already, you probably should. I'm telling you, like, we miss so much because we won't deal with ourselves. And it's hard. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you. The hardest thing that I do, all day I can listen to someone's problems. I can try to find the positive in what's going on. I can speak truth about what Jesus says about them and to them and for them. And I can believe what they won't believe about themselves all day long. But most of the time I cannot do that to myself. The same issue that I would sit in front of someone and go, God's got this. The same thing that's falling apart. I'll be like, God is good. God is leading. You got to wait. Get through the middle. The end of this story is going to be beautiful. And the middle of my problems, my issues, I'm losing my mind. Because I won't stop for a second and do what I tell other people to do. I mean, this is an us issue. This is a me issue. I want to fix what's going on in me. And if you're not diligent in that, you will ignore it and you will wound other people. Because it's messy. And you have to have people that you can be honest with that love you. Because there's things right now that are destroying you that you're ignoring because you don't know what to do with it. And when you know you have a cancer growing inside of you, leaving it alone usually isn't good. We have to do something with what's going on. And we see this across the board. I've really gotten to this place here in the last few weeks. Most of what freaks me out, most of what gets me worked out is something that's not even happening in this church. Because I get emails from different Christian organizations and they give you things that's going on in our world from this pastor to this and this pastor to that and 
this, that. I mean, and, and I get worked up. I mean, lo- not lose sleep, but like I, I have anxiety stuff over things that aren't even happening here. Why? Because I let fear control the now. Because I won't deal with my fear issues and my insecurities. Instead of learning to lean into God and trust him with what's going on, which is a a struggle. And I'm doing it. Like, I'm not just saying I'm freaking out. But, like, I I want you to know, like, this is something that you have to intentionally work on and through. And remember the promise from today's verse? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will what? They'll see God. You want to see God work? You want to see God move? Blessed are the pure in heart. Get real what's going on. And it's okay. The real is messy, but like that's what he's for. If you look through the New Testament, Jesus loved and was merciful with the most broken people. And he welcomed even the religious elite that had missed it. Even remember Nicodemus when he's confused about what it means to be born again. There was still grace and mercy. If we just knew that Jesus wouldn't reject us and would work through and that he literally can handle any issue that's going on right now and bring it to a resolution that's going to be good for you and others. If we believe that, like our our lives would be so much better. So why is hypocrisy so bad? So one, hypocrisy keeps me from change. If you're going to manage your image and you protect your appearance, you won't change. Because you'll do just enough, and this is what we do too in the church. We do just enough Christianity, just enough church stuff that we appear to be good. But we never change. We never see transformation. Authenticity opens the door to real life change. Another reason why it's bad is hypocrisy keeps me from love. If you choose to manage your image rather than to be pure in heart, rather than living an authentic and transparent Christian life, then you cannot be loved. Because they won't be actually loving you. They'll be loving an illusion of you. They won't really know you. They'll love an illusion. And the problem with that illusion is sooner or later, especially if they're close to you, it'll be found out. Another reason why hypocrisy is so bad is that hypocrisy makes me religious and keeps me from Jesus. Think about the elder brother that we've talked about the first four or five weeks trying so hard to prove his love to the father that he's always done the right thing. However, he is distant and feels unloved. He's separated from what the father was inviting him into. He even left the celebration for his one son that had returned and invited him in to this celebration and the older brother was so angry because he had done all the right things and wasn't getting what he felt like he needed that celebration if we look through this illustration as the father being god the older brother is missing 
what he's longing for, which is to be in the presence of God. And the last reason why hypocrisy is so bad is hypocrisy deals, destroys my witness. My imperfections do not ruin your witness. Your imperfections do not ruin your witness. But my hypocrisy does. They, meaning all the people that you talk to, already know that you're not perfect. They already know. But when we try to pretend, we miss an opportunity to be honest. Because I'm telling you, and this is part of my philosophy um, for preaching, and part of the reason why I'm not going to elevate myself um, to be without issue in front of you. Because I grew up kind of in this false reality that all those people up front had gotten it all figured out and their life was easy and, and you know, thing, things were perfect because they were perfect. And I knew my brokenness. I knew my inability to be perfect. So I thought I could never be like them. Instead of understanding that all the people that you admire, all the people that are ahead of you in this Christian journey, in this life of surrender, they're still not perfect. And I think if we keep this illusion that they're going to be perfect, that we're going to miss an opportunity to see God work in us. I think some of the most beneficial things that you can do to people that you want to see Jesus in you is to be honest about your struggles. To be honest about how life is instead of trying to pretend that everything is great and then going home and crying about it in your house I think there might be a connection that you can make with people that need Jesus by just going, hey, this is what's going on. This is the hurt that's going on in me. And as long as that hurt continues to bring us to Jesus, we get to just bring them along because it's not us in our perfection fixing our issues. Confession about this is a necessity. One of the things that we will do, uh, which we're going to close here in just a second. If you want this to be different, if you want to see God, the only way that you can get there is being real with Jesus. And here's the beauty about what's going on right now. He knows your mess. He knows the things that you've hidden from everyone else. He's not loving or trying to love an illusion of you. He's loving the real you and trying to call you into something that will actually give you life. And you won't ever get there without that. You won't ever get to where Jesus wants you to be without being real. And so we're, I, I'm going to call you. We're going we're gonna to have a, a prayer here in just a second. And then I'm going to walk you through. But to be completely honest... If these are resonating with you, if you're struggling with these blessed are, blessed is, if you're looking and go, man, I'm not humble, I'm not broken, I won't surrender, I don't like to be dependent on anyone, and I don't pass the mercy test, and I am not really interested, well, if you've gotten this far with a lot of failures in the ones before, you won't be authentic, at least in these circles, because you'll have to hide. The best thing that you can do for yourself is live this way. And it's hard. Because 
Uh, if you're on social media, what do people not post on social media? The failures. They they don't they don't post. You know, your, the workout people you follow, they only post the days they go to work out. Look at me at the gym. They don't post the, the morning that you just slept in or the five mornings you slept in and the one that you actually took a picture at the gym. You know, you take pretty pictures when you're out on a date with your wife. You don't take pictures in the middle of an argument where, you know, tears are running down the face and stuff. You, you don't. You know, take pictures. You take pictures when your kids are behaving and, and loving on each other. You don't take pictures when they're like punching each other. There was this one video that we had and we went on a little mini vacation. And man, my, my kids, they were little, like our two oldest ones. And I don't remember if Jody remember this. And it's somewhere. I've seen it recently. But they had these little blow up things that you put your hands into and they're like these balloon things and you know i don't even know if Allie was alive or she was real lydia little she was and lydia let's say she was six or seven and noah was like four or five and the violence that was there was real i mean there was no fake wwe like and lydia just like turned a corner um and and noah i can't remember one of them like snapped in the middle of it and was like ah I mean, not like, I mean, like, I thought it was going to be murder. But we don't, we don't take those pictures. And so, and part of the, part of a good reason to get off social media is if you're only seeing people's best day, what is that going to convince you? Is that your life sucks. Sorry that you don't like that word, but that's the reality. And that's what we do. We see everybody's 100% or the illusion of their 100% because there's filters now that will even make your face look clearer. And there's filters that make you look prettier, I guess. And I mean, there's all of these things that we're, we're buying into this instead of just going, man, if we would be real. Like, I think if there was a social media that we just we we had, I actually enjoy sometimes. Um, I think they're usually like mom life videos or whatever. Like the re- when someone shows you the reality, like everybody takes these beautiful pictures of how clean their house is. And then somebody has a snapshot of their living room that's looked like, you know, the Lego store just vomited um, and stuffed animals everywhere. I mean, we don't take that. But what if we did that in our real life? What if we stopped pretending? You would have better friends in this room. If you would just be real with people. Because that fake side of you is keeping them out of where you really need them to be. Trust me. There's no place to live. When when we're going to allow these things to, to have root and to get into our life, we have to deal with them. And the only way that we can deal with them is by being real. I'm going to invite our worship team back up. And I'm going to walk you through another prayer of just acknowledging that you want to be there. Like, remember, we're, we, we want progress, not perfection. No one here in this room is looking for you to be perfect. They're just wanting you to be moving forward. One step at a time. And the only way we can move forward, the only way we can get out of that place is acknowledging what's actually going on inside of us. So we're going to have a prayer team in the back of the room as service is closing. Uh, If you need prayer, you can find me. Um, I would love...
to be a part of what God wants to do in you when you decide, I'm tired of playing this. So here's the prayer. Pray with it. Pray with me with it. Jesus, I know that you see all my sin and imperfections, and yet you love me anyway. It was your love for me that sent me, sent you to the cross. Help me understand and receive your grace and offer that same grace to others. Jesus, help me focus on my growth rather than the failings of others. Jesus, give me a pure heart. Help me live a grace-filled, authentic Christian life. I want to see you working in me and through me and around me. Jesus, we need you. And if we're going to influence and impact our city, we've got to start with us. And Lord, if there's people in this room that are living in a partial illusion because they're hiding, Lord, I I pray that you would allow them to connect with people that they can be real and honest with. Lord, we need you. I, I want to see you. And we want to be willing to do whatever it takes so that that is a possibility, that we can see you working and living and loving in our own lives. So thank you that you are continue, continual mercy for us. And let us lay it down today so that we can be moved to transformation, moved to renewal in our own lives and our own hearts. Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, be sure to visit us online at reachcommunitychurch.com.